Welcome to Sotastic Podcast. My name is Roshan Hindia. Today we have with us uh, an awesome guest. Her name is Nancy Griffin. And we're excited to have her come on board because, you know, I've had a chance to talk to her and the amount of things that she's not just doing, but contributing back to entrepreneurs. We just want to bring her on and pick her brain a little bit. I will try to condense it as much as possible in the time limit that we have. We may even have to bring her on for a second time uh, if she lets us, because she just has so much knowledge and wisdom to share. So Nancy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. And we're excited to have you. Why don't we do this? Can we take just a couple of minutes and learn a little bit more about you, your professional life, your family life a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So hi, everyone. I am Nancy Griffin. I um, am a single parent of a beautiful 21-year-old who is very interested in music, very interested in languages. Um, That's actually what her major is. We've been together, single parent and daughter for 21 years, you know, um, (laughs) I actually have over 18 years experience in corporate IT. And then from that point, I actually went and dove straight into full-time entrepreneurship with the passion of helping others build their own business and understand financial literacy and wealth and passive income and residual income and generating revenue. So you're no longer just working on hobby, you're actually a profitable business. So that's some of the stuff geared around, you know, what I've done in in the past and my daughter, who I'm very, very proud of. I'd love to have you brag about yourself. Uh, You mentioned a couple of master's degrees and then, you know, additional degrees that you're pursuing. Can you please talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I uh, originally received my bachelor's degree in business administration. Um, From there, I went on and got my master's degree in portfolio and project management with some form of IT added on, as well as got a second master's degree after that, because my my corporate experience in IT is what really drove that passion and that interest in technology. So I went on to get a second master's degree in uh, cybersecurity network engineering uh, with a dual degree. Uh, So I actually got my JD in real estate and tax law. Um, Right now I'm contemplating on going back to school for my PsyD. So a clinical psychologist is really where my focus is kind of now, but I don't, I still haven't decided on that. You know, school is (laughs) an ongoing thing. It's just Sometimes, you know, not not writing papers is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I ended up getting my real estate broker's license way back in like 2010, which has definitely contributed to my interest in um, entrepreneurship. Can I please have you talk a little bit about some of the, the professional businesses that you're running today? Yeah, right now I own um, a medical clinic. We actually have medical primary care, healthcare, uh, mental health care. We do a lot of non-invasive body cosmetics procedures as well. So that's a a different separate type of entity, but um, that's all in the medical realm. Um, I also have a consulting firm where I consult on life coaching, career paths, and things of that nature. I also have different domains with real estate. I started as a landlord. I've flipped houses. I've done all the rehab. I mean, anything related to real estate at this point, you name it, I've done a wholesaling, tax liens, the whole the whole gamut, but now have converted all of that into Airbnbs. And that's that's really where my bread and butter, my passion is, my goal for this upcoming year, especially with 2022 coming right around the corner, is 100 plus Airbnb units. Mm-hmm. But the, the benefit behind all of that and understanding the um, business strategy behind that is something I'm passionate in. Um, I can name a whole bunch of other things, but I think I think we'll stop there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, uh, you mentioned a little about day trading as well. When do you get time to do it? <laughs> 
Ironically enough, so I usually day trade on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I have specific times, right? Mm -hmm. And I've learned this because over the course of time, I learned what type of trader I am, how the the amount of money that I want to make, the types of trades that I want to make. And I actually figured out what do I need to do and how much do I need to make per day in order to generate a $200,000 income, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and even helping others who can't, fathom that that concept okay well what do you need to do to make an extra 500 bucks for that day so i actually day trade tuesdays and thursdays from 5 a.m to about 7 30 okay. if it's after 8 30 central standard time so if the market has opened and i'm still in a trade you know i messed something up so <laughs> That's, that's kind of how I am. I usually get in, get out and and with it. So that's one of the uh, revenue streams that I have that I, I actually thoroughly love reading charts and um, mm-hmm. understanding the market and cryptocurrencies are definitely my my one of my passions to get around trading. So. Wow. Okay. I am going to ask you just to uh, brag about your consulting firm a little bit, because you mentioned that you do um, life coaching and mentorship to entrepreneurs. Can you tell us more about that a little bit, please? Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, when I first dove into uh, entrepreneurship, like full head on, no more corporate experience or no more corporate corporate job, I actually started as a project manager working with a different organization. Um, I moved out to New York and I realized that there are a lot of people out there that are more so entrepreneurs than entrepreneurs. And what really makes the difference, right? Um, I, I find that as a entrepreneur, you have a hobby. And the hobby is this business that you're trying to get off the ground. But a lot of people, I can't say a lot, I don't know everybody, but the people that I've come into contact with, they don't, they either don't know how to start their business successfully. So that way they can generate business funding, they can generate um, business credit, they can have enough revenue to sustain you hear about how the first five years of any business is always the hardest. Well, how do you ensure that you're going to have enough revenue to sustain that? And by having a hobby, you're not really generating an income. That's how I distinguish whether or not you're a entrepreneur or entrepreneur, because a entrepreneur will continue. You'll keep wanting to do this. You'll keep wanting to invest in your business, which is great. But if you're not generating revenue, if you're not generating a profit, if you're not generating passive income, well, actually is if you're not um, successful in doing that and you're constantly pouring back in, you're going to always need that other job that's going to provide for it. So uh, in in the consulting realm and um, the work that I do as part of Advise Her, which is what the name of my consulting company is, I'm the her, so I'm going to advise her. Um <laughs> her or him, Mm -hmm. um, what we do is we really start to understand, uh, and I'll ask several different questions, especially during the consultation, you know, what type of business, what type of industry, Mm -hmm. you know, where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in the next five, six months? Mm -hmm. Um, And really get an understanding of what the hurdles are that that particular person has come and encountered in that moment, right? Mm -hmm. Um, In starting their business. Have they they even started? Do they know how to to get their articles of incorporation? Do they know how to get their duns? Do they know how to get their EIN, all of these different components that really help to put you on the map. Do you even know how to become searchable on Google or 411 directory? You know, all of these things that that people just don't usually tell you in school by trial and error. Those are some of the main things that that I focus on with a lot of the 
clients that I have from a business standpoint. We also do a lot of life coaching. You know, where, where do you want to go? I, I talk with a lot of people that are still in corporate America that are struggling with that glass ceiling and really help them identify how do you make the switch? How do you transition? And it's not necessarily leaving your nine to five. You may thoroughly enjoy it. And that's a great thing. But how do you also ensure that you're generating enough income? So if you don't want to go to work today, you can actually call in well. Well, not sick, calling well. In, in talking more and more with you, I, I just find such a mindset sink because what you're doing with people that want to be entrepreneurs versus entrepreneurs, like you mentioned, we're trying to do that at the kids level because mm-hmm. instilling finances into kids as early as 10, we found uh, through studies that they not only understand, but they retain that knowledge and they can take that and carry that with them to make better financial decisions. So I think what you're doing is amazing. I am absolutely just in awe of the multiple streams that you're doing in the time that you have, as well as raising now 21-year-old, right? Uh, you, I think you're doing an awesome job, just a personal opinion. So in the little time that I've gotten to know you, I think you're doing an awesome job. So, so now switching to that mindset a little bit, mm-hmm. why was it important for you to sow that financial knowledge into your child? How early did you start? And why was it important to you in the first place? When I started college, I actually graduated and got my bachelor's in two in two years. I was working two jobs and I had my baby on my hip. Literally. I'm sorry, got, bachelor's in two years? Two years. That's amazing. Okay, good stuff. Okay, please continue. Sorry, I just wanted to make sure I di- didn't let that uh, slide by. So two years, wow. Yeah, two years. You know, I, I worked two jobs and I had my baby on my hip, literally. I was 16 when I had my daughter. And when I went to college, she would come with me to class. She would sit there and, you know, you kind of get that side eye from from teachers of, oh, you're bringing your child with you. But my daughter was a good kid. Um, She didn't cry and all that other stuff, which made it easier. It didn't when I had to take her home and I still had homework, but I had to put her to sleep. Right. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) fast forward once I graduated college. See, here's the thing that that people don't tell you as a as a scholar. I was always taught my parents, they both have their master's degree. And I was always taught that I was going to go to college and going to college, I can get a good job and then I can provide for my family. Well, when you graduate high school as a junior and then you go to college and you finish that in two years, what people don't tell you is the financial burden that it, it, it causes, especially if you take out student loans. And I, as a single parent, yeah, I got a refund check when I was first in, in college. I'm like, oh, wow, this is great. This is the most money I've ever seen at one time. <laughs> they don't say you got to pay that back. Well, they do in all the paperwork that you don't read. <laughs> so, the little so, legalese thing, yeah. Right. It, and it, it, it baffled me. So when I graduated, I was excited. I, I'm done with school and now I should be able to get a great job. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. I was still working at FedEx office. FedEx Kinko's at the time. And uh, at that time, that's when I decided to go for my master's degree because what I was given at the end of graduation was a bill that I was going to have to start paying on called student loans. And I, I can't afford that on a FedEx office, Kinko's retail yeah. that you're working at, McDonald's, Subway. It doesn't matter. If you don't have, if you're not generating enough income to pay back your student loans, you got to come up with another solution. And those, those solutions are what I call exit strategies. Mm-hmm. I didn't have an exit strategy for school. That was 
my aha moment. So in talking with my sister, because she was going for her master's degree at the time, Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. She's like, oh, we'll go for your master's. I'm like, yeah, my master's in what? What am I? And lo and behold, I ended up starting my career in IT at that point. So I went for project and portfolio management with some IT on the side, applied technology. I, I literally dragged out my entire, my first master's degree. It, it took me, I want to say about seven years because I knew I didn't want to pay the student loans back. I didn't, mm. even after I got a great job making all this money and, you know, all these things, I still didn't want to pay my student loans back. It, I, it was such a daunting thing, a daunting task. So around 2008, my daughter at the time was eight. She was born in 2000. She and I got into more real estate. At that point in time, I also started to understand a little bit more about what I didn't like because I started hitting a glass ceiling at work. And even though I changed jobs after a while, I kind of knew then that something wasn't right. Some, there's no way that even making the amount of money I make with the amount that I'm going to have to pay back, plus providing for my daughter, and at the same time also just just upholding a standard of living, not even not something ex- absorbent, just a regular standard of living. Yeah, something wasn't wasn't adding up, and it was the dollars. So. <laughs> Around the time that my daughter turned eight, that's really when I started taking more of an interest in real estate, flipping real estate. That's when I got my real estate license, my broker's license. And that's when I started planting the seeds in my daughter's mind of, yes, go to school if that's what you want to do. And I even have my mindset has shifted uh, around college significantly just going through this whole process. So at that time, go to school if you want to, but also we're, we're going to figure out different ways and different means. So that way, if you don't want to go to school, you don't have to. There are other opportunities. And it's like I said, going back to what are your exit strategies anytime you enter into whether that's school, whether that's a new um, profession, whether that's another business, what's your exit strategy for it? Mm-hmm. Do you come from a family of business owners or do you come from a family of people that are similar mindset as you that want to do multiple things? Like, was that ingrained early on for you or was that something that you had to sort of jump out and pave the way out on your own? Ironically enough, when I was growing up, it was more um, get around, go to school. My dad has always been an entrepreneur. He had his own music store. He taught music education. He taught um, different students. He he has different gigs. And then on my mother's side, she was a physical education teacher. So she had a mm-hmm. stable, consistent job, you know, pension, everything else. Mm-hmm. But her father actually owned laundromats. He owned a funeral home. <laughs> you know, okay. Like wow. there's a there's a whole gamut of entrepreneurs throughout, you know, so I, I, I want to say we have a good mixture, but what was instilled in me was to go to school, mm-hmm. go to school and get a, get a good job, not necessarily be the entrepreneur, even though my whole family, there are different, different areas where they're all very successful entrepreneurs. So they didn't necessarily want me to go the education background of a profession. Mm-hmm. They wanted me to go to school. Okay. Uh, my dad actually, even coming from my father, who is an entrepreneur, always has been, he wanted me to go the medical route. He wanted me to become a nurse or a doctor or something of that in that statue. Okay. And I kind of deviated when I told him, I'm like, no, I'm going to go get my business degree. It was almost like, that's not going to last. You need to go with a industry that's going to last. You're always going to need medical health care and this, that, and the third. And I, in my mind, because my degree, yes, while it was in business, 
I also had a lot of technology with it as well because it was a technology school that I went to. They just offered business. I, in my mind, I'm like, well, you're going to need technology. And this was this was back in what 2000, 2002, maybe. Mm-hmm. So that's before any major boom of social media. This or any, you know, really taking a leap of faith, just following my gut, I guess, to to go in that direction. And ironically enough, here I am, full circle, actually working in both. Mm, Wow. So now uh, you said you started teaching your daughter when she was eight. Can you help me understand some of the practical things that you started to do with them early on to have her understand that financial mindset that you were trying to instill in her? Absolutely. So she would want certain things. Um, My daughter, I would buy her any and everything that she wanted. That was that was no no issue. But around the time she turned eight, Oh, eight and 16 before she could get her first job. <laughs> um, one of the main things that we did was she would either help me take off wallpaper, which is the worst, the absolutely, I, yeah, the absolute worst task you can do as a rehabber is take <laughs> off wallpaper. She would um, mow the lawn. She would, you know, there, there were different activities that I would need, even bringing things up from the car, you know, lifting and helping me carry and all of those things. And I would pay her a particular salary or mm. not salary, but uh, an hourly amount, mm. a certain dollar amount. And it was so funny because she would then get her money and she'd be so excited to get her money. And, and one of the main things I did with that was I gave her cash, mm. made sure that she could feel it. She could hold it. She knew what she had before we started doing more digital. Right. But that way she can value the dollar value, mm. what it actually means to have this money. And as she would receive that, I would then take a portion and put it towards her investment fund. She, and, and so she has the money in her hand mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, okay, but this one goes towards investing. And she would look at the, at what she has left in her hand. She's like, uh, okay. And then I'd say, I'll take another one. And this one will go towards savings. Mm-hmm. And she's looking at it and she's like, oh, okay. And then this amount will go towards your everyday living expenses. And she's and the, the money that's in her hand is getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, ultimately we would uh she would have whatever is left over and she's like, Mom, I can't really do much with that. I'm like, Yeah, that's that's the problem with today's society. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you have a job. And she's looking at me, she's like, But so the more I did that and the more I would explain, we also listened to a lot of different books, um, real estate books, business books. Uh, mm-hmm. Robert Kiyosaki is huge for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Donald too. Trump, too, you know, mm-hmm. from a business standpoint and navigating and understanding different mm-hmm. different avenues. I mean, there, there's a whole audiobook have be- driving is taking different trips. I'm always listening to an audiobook and I would always have that for my daughter to listen to. But so much so that she's like, Mom, not another book. Mom, not another. <laughs> and she loves to read, but... Mm-hmm. One of the things that I, I also noticed is throughout that time, I, I burned her out with it. I tried to instill so much into her. Mm. She doesn't want to see another house. She doesn't want to, she doesn't want to do any. So there, there became a time where it was, I mandated it. You know, it was like, no, this is what we're going to, we're not going to play games. We're going to do this. We're, we're not going to do that. We're going to do. And I think that there, from, from a parent's perspective, a learning aspect was, really understanding your child and understanding a balance of what it is that they're willing to not only adapt to, but receive. Mm. Uh, you can you can dictate, you can talk, you can say things until you're blue in the face. If they're not receptive to receiving what you're saying, they're, they're, it's never going to hold any weight for them. Mm. Yeah. So that was a, a major learning lesson for me as a parent. Besides that challenge, 
were there any other challenges that you ran into? How did you overcome that challenge with your daughter to to say, hey, I, I understand uh, this is where we may need to slow down a little bit. Um, let me help you overcome this this aspect. Like, what other challenges did you run into, and how did you overcome it? Oh no, I was I was a dictator. We were going to do this, and that's that's what it was. Um, <laughs> it, got, it got to the point. So she, my daughter, the way I raised my daughter was to through your challenges, talk through your problems, talk through different situations, right? So if she did something bad that was at school or that she shouldn't have done at school, she and I would talk about it. And at the time, I thought it was a great methodology for raising your children. What it also fosters is a opportunity for manipulation. Mm-hmm. And with, with children, at least with my daughter, she would come up with some of the examples or reasons uh, as to why she did something. And it's, as she and I are talking, I'm thinking to myself, well, okay, I see how you got to where you, I I see how you got there, but how, okay, no, yeah, I guess I would have done the same thing if I were in your shoes as I'm trying to navigate entrepreneurship and she's sitting up here trying to talk me out of why it's, it's a good thing to do. Hmm. And I'm sitting here listening to her in her limited viewpoint because she hasn't been on this earth for that long. She hasn't gone through nearly as many situations as I've gone through as an adult. And I think as um, parents, that's something that is extremely important because prime example, my daughter calls me organization. She's like, "Uh, mom, you are organized chaos. I'm chaos, mom, but you're organized chaos. Hmm. I'm like, okay, I get that. For her, if I were to walk into her room, it's not organized. Hmm to say the least. As a parent, I had to learn that's who she is. That's how Wired, wired That Way is a good a good book, to, not just your child, but you know how people in general and working with, with those types of the different personalities. I also had to learn how that played a part in her understanding the importance behind entrepreneurship and building longevity with wealth. Mm. As she got older, some of the things that she wanted to do, she couldn't do. Like, for example, she wanted to get a job because um, she didn't want to work with me anymore because I was trying to instill entrepreneurship, this, 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 and this, you know, real estate, real estate, real estate. Um, she didn't want to do that. So she, she, I don't want to say manipulated, but yeah, manipulated the idea of, okay, mom, what if I started my own business? I want to start my own business. I'll start my own cleaning business, which she was great at making. She made $30 an hour starting her own cleaning business all because she couldn't go up because she was only 15. Mm. But she did that because she still wanted to make money. She just didn't want to make money doing houses and the things that I was trying to teach her about, right? Mm. So that's kind of how we got to this. I'll do. I'll. I'll start my own business. Being able to replay it back in my head, you know how things how things actually worked when she was growing up. So she made all that all that money. She did. She had a great cleaning service. Um, I helped her with marketing and you know all those things. But the moment she turned sixteen, she went and got a job. And she utilized the concept of, okay, mom, well, I want to invest more back into my business because she knew what I was passionate about, you know, Mm -hmm. being an entrepreneur, making your own money, making sure that you are not mandated to work at a particular job because it takes up all your time. So she was like, okay, I'm going to go get a job so I can put money back into my business. Now, I know better as a parent. I I know better. Mm -hmm. Lo and behold, her business kind of fell by the wayside and now she's just working. Now, as a parent who is passionate about entrepreneurs, passionate about entrepreneurship, owning your own, doing your own, building your own, my daughter now now has a job mm-hmm. and it's not in the family business. Mm-hmm. What do you do? You know, mm-hmm. and it, it got to the point, again, knowing your child's mindset, knowing how they learn, knowing what, what drives them, becoming okay with 
who they are in, in their own right and allowing them to grow and, and shift. Mm-hmm. And for me, I ha- I literally had to take a step back. Not only did I burn her out of real estate to the point where she didn't want to, she didn't want to hear a thing about real estate, mm-hmm. a house, uh, it didn't matter. I burned her out of being an entrepreneur. So mm-hmm. now all she wants to do is work. This child, when I say she works, she works 40, 60, 80 hours in a week mm-hmm. at a job, at a fast food job. And I'm, and I couldn't for the life of me understand why would you want to do that? You made twice, if not three times as much mm-hmm. doing, you know, running your own business. And it finally got to the point where I had to realize she's going to have to go through this process on her own. And if she likes working, if that's, if that's what she's passionate about, let her be passionate about it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing in stones that says she has to be an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. um, allowing her to experience things on her own. Now, Luckily enough, now that she's 21, um, I would say within this past year, she has become well, well versed in understanding, yeah, maybe having this job thing is not really what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, she still does to an extent, but now she's more into investing, more into trading, more into really nice. identifying how she can generate more money. But that was a process I had to take a step back from and allow her to go through. So do you feel like schools can do a better job to teach financial literacy to kids? So the only thing I learned in school related to financial literacy was in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And that was how to write a check and balance a checkbook. That's the only mm-hmm. thing I learned related to financial literacy. I don't think schools do really anything mm-hmm. because even in one of my under one of my graduate classes, I specifically took an accounting course and a trading where we, it was a different, there was like a higher level of accounting or something along those lines. Mm. But it, we talked about the stock market and we talked about how learning how to trade and things like, I didn't learn a thing, I, not nothing. And it could have been me and my ability to be receptive, but I don't think schools teach really how money works. I don't think that, I don't think that's the the purpose of schools. To me, the purpose of a school is to teach you how to be a good employee. If you want to learn more about financial literacy. Traditional schools aren't equipped um, to teach kids about just foundational things that you, you think, hey, this is what you need in your real life after you get done with school. Like for example, being smart about what debts and how to how to read college debts. Being mm-hmm. uh, smart about getting to you know credit card uh, debts. Being smart about uh, buying vehicles or you know maybe even getting your first job. Like how do you choose what's the smart way to go to set yourself up right? Right. And right. sometimes schools and I wish traditional schools had a way to do it. Um, I, I do want to ask you about the difference in opinion that you had to deal with from what you were trying to teach and what the environment that your daughter grew up in, uh, maybe some of her peers, some of her friends, some of the relatives. How was that different from what you're trying to teach and how did you have to deal with that? So that's um, that's a great question. My daughter knew where I stood as far as having a job and having a business. Um, I've never really against just having a job. I think I, I don't necessarily find having a job as the means of generating income, experience, and skills. If you want to learn how to be a salesman, working for commission only, um, just to talk to different people, just to you know engage. With my daughter, however, she uh, the more she grew up in the lane that I was trying, the environment I was trying to create for her geared around entrepreneurship and learning and experiences and things of that nature, she would get that from me. But then 
in her school, with her peers, with her teachers, with everyone, everybody was promoting go to school. Everybody was promoting get a job. Mm. Her, all of her high school friends are working at, at, you know, different fast food restaurants or quick service restaurants, or, you know, they're, they're all working for someone. And, you know, it's almost like that's the fat, that's the thing that they want to do. That's the socialization, which was the other thing that I noticed as to why she wanted to go and work a job. It was socialization. Mm. It's the modern way for her to still be in a good environment. So you're not out there, you know, with drug dealers or people that are doing things that you shouldn't be doing. Mm. Um, you're doing something that that's going to help generate revenue for yourself, but it was more of a socialization thing for her. So hearing her hearing, you know, go to school and get a good job or go to school and have a job or work a billion hours so you can bring home something and she's constantly being fed that on a, not just a daily basis, but look at how many hours a day she's constantly being fed that versus when she comes home to mom. And now she's tired from all that stuff that she just, you know, is engaged in. And here you have mom that's harping on, yeah, but we got to build this and we got to come, let's go look at this house. Let's do that. You know, all these different things that are for us. She's not wanting to do that. So we, we butt heads quite a bit to the point where you want to just back up. Mm. And allow her to go through that process because she didn't, she didn't have, she didn't make money that she always wanted to Mm. certain questions would come up Mm. and she would start asking. And I had, because I backed up, I had to allow her to, to become interested in what it is that I was doing because there then became a time where Mm. mom didn't go to a job. Mom's at home. Mom can be here. Mom can do all these different things, even though mom is working way more hours as an entrepreneur than she is or she was as a employee. Mm. But she started to notice the shift and she started to notice, oh, wait a minute. If mom can do all these things, she started putting the pieces together herself. So mm. by me backing up, not not enforcing and being so forceful and mandating and all of these other things and allowing her to go through her process and understand and even get that experience, I think is really what allowed our relationship to grow. Because when I say we butt heads, teenage years are nothing nice. Mm-hmm. You know, even the best of the best kids, you're still going to run into your, at some point, <laughs> we all, and we all go through it at some point, we all go kind of crazy mm-hmm. as a teenager, something happens, <laughs> somewhere. But luckily enough, she started to see and really question, well, how do you do this? Mm. How is this? And she would ask me certain questions and without embarking my belief system solely on her, like, well, you have to do that. No, I gave her an option. I gave her choices. I I allowed her her to think about what direction does she want to go? Little did she know as as her parent, you know, I'm I'm there with her safety cushion, you know, Mm. (laughs) she didn't you know, as parents, that's what we do, but, yeah. but allowed her to think on her own to identify well, what direction does she want to go in and what, what makes most sense for her? Is she getting the, the most use out of her time? And I think the timing, when people start realizing that your time is what's impacted and you don't get that back, that's really what starts to trigger different, different ideas in your head of what can you do? How can you do things? So you have more time. As you took a step back to take that step forward with her. It sounds like that's where she started coming back to you for day trading and she's getting tips and advice from you. So now that you're seeing that, what are some benefits that you're seeing as a result of the actions that you took with her? 
Yeah, absolutely. So there are certain questions that she has, like geared around taxes and how does she, how does she do her taxes? How does, how, why does she owe? And how did, you know, all of those things, when I explained to her, well, you didn't add in, because I, I have a business for her, you know, that I've made her the owner of. I was like, well, you didn't add in your business is here. So if you do this, then you can take this deduction and you can do that, you know, all these other things. So now she's asking questions based off of her experience, which allows me to share a little bit more, but without sharing all of the information, because then she'll, she'll get turned off. So if I, if I give you everything, then it's, I I don't know if it's maybe too much at once or what the case may be, but she'll be turned off. So I just give her enough Mm -hmm. and let her go off and venture and think and ponder and research and go through her process of, Hey, so remember when you said, and da, 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 Mm -hmm. well, this is what I found. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Well, did you look and that? And so it's kind of like sprinkling little ideas and, and, and planting the right seeds. One of, one of my favorite quotes is that you don't plant your seeds and eat the fruit all on the same day. So as I keep planting and had I had that same mindset when she was younger, she probably would be a little bit further along in this process of entrepreneurship and understanding, even if she, you know, still has a job, right? But building something in addition to, it's very important that you plant the seeds that you want your children to um, go and investigate further. And, and as they go through their own hurdles, they will pull up that seed, they'll fall what something that you said that will make a difference that will want, will allow them to want to actually go on research and figure it out so that they can say, Oh, I I did this on my own. Oh, I found this on my own. (laughs) Yeah. That's okay. As long as the end result uh, speaks for itself. Yeah. You're you're okay. They can take all the credit that they want. So, so good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. It brings us to my very last question that I love asking my guests. If you could turn back time and talk to your kid self, what advice would you give her about financial thought process just from all of the things that you've learned in the last, since you've left college and made mistakes, learned from it and made some more mistakes and learned from those, what advice would you give your kid self? Leave faster. Absolutely. I have 18 years in corporate, corporate IT, right? Hmm. And all throughout that time, I've always wanted to be this tool belt diva who can fix things and put houses together and design and Mm. organize and all this other stuff. And it took me out of those 18 years, it took me 10 years just to get started. Mm. And then out of the the, the remaining eight years, it then took me um, losing my job, not me making the, the conscious decision to walk away. No, it took me losing my job to then figure it out. Well, had I just believed faster in what it is that I had an interest in, what I was willing to do, all the research that I was willing to, um, in, it, that I was willing to do and, and experience I was willing to learn on the job, mm. had I done that for myself up front and believed in myself, I mean, gosh, where, where would I be today? Mm. You know, so I would, I would definitely go back and say, believe faster. If, if there's something that comes to you as an idea or um, something that you're, you're passionate about, something that you want to do, or if you, even if you don't know what you want to do, but you have an idea of, I want to go in this direction, believe that you can go in that direction. Um, I tell my daughter all the time, the word impossible, which I'm possible. Anything is possible. So we believe that you can do anything that you put your mind to. If people believed faster, we'd probably be a lot further on. Thank you. Nancy, you've been an awesome guest. You've added a lot of value. I appreciate you coming on coming on our podcast and uh, just taking your time out to do that. So thank you again. Absolutely. Thank, thank you for you. having me. The ideas, techniques, approaches, 
information and opinions expressed in this video or podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Sotastic LLC and its employees. While the primary purpose is to educate and inform, it does not constitute professional advice or services. We hope, however, that the content presented here will assist you in developing a strong financial understanding and mindset. You may not edit, modify, copy, or redistribute this video or podcast with any other website, computer, or playing device. Use of this video or podcast constitutes acceptance of these terms.